so we're still dealing with the God's weapons of our warfare. And then, like we said, it's important that the Christian understands these weapons because they have to be used. And so we go to our text right away. Ephesians 6, 11. Finally, sorry, Ephesians 16. Finally, my brethren will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's the beginning of these instructions. Put on the whole armor of God, the whole armor, that you may be able to stand against the wiles, that's the deceits, schemes, tricks of the devil. For we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. 14. Stand, therefore, having your lions got about with truth. We spoke about the weapon of truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, we spoke about the weapon of righteousness. And verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I think we'll stop at this verse. We're going to deal, finish this uh, gospel of peace, which is a weapon that we must have to put on. And the Bible says it's like your shoe. Uh, so you, you just can't get into battle without your shoes. Obviously, you are not going to do very well. You are not coming out of there very well. So it's important that we understand that we are not dressed properly, dressed unless we put on all of these weapons of God. And our shoe, <clears throat> our shoe, is this is to prepare. He said the preparation of the gospel of peace. You prepare yourself with this gospel of peace. You prepare. You dress up. You put on your shoes of the gospel of peace. And so you can't go barefooted. Then you are not properly dressed. And so we're talking about uh, this gospel of peace. We say it has three applications. The first one is peace with God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ through his blood. Peace with God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ that comes to us through his blood. Second one is peace with one another made possible by the working of the love of God in us. Number three is peace within you granted by God through his spirit in us as you walk in faith in Christ Jesus alone. And so last week we started to talk about peace with God that we have between us and God, that this peace came only through the blood of Jesus Christ, nothing else brought us peace. It's what Jesus did that brought forgiveness and then brought peace between man and God. Romans 5, 1, just a reminder, therefore being justified by faith, we're justified when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are made righteous. We are justified, not condemned. Justified by faith. We have peace now with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how it came. It didn't come from anything else anybody did. It came from what Jesus did on the cross. So that peace with God is important that you understand it. It's important that you know you have it. Because if you don't do that, the enemy will take away your boldness and introduce doubt into your heart. If God had your prayer, if God will help you, if God, you, you will not be stable. You will not be stable because all those doubts will, will be, make you waver. Make you waver the day you feel God loves you, God accepts you, you feel strong. The day you feel, oh my God, oh my God, I didn't do it right today. You think God is forsaking you, but that's not true. And so th that peace is steady because it's the blood of Jesus that made it available to you. Made it available to you. Forgiveness came through that. 
So we must know that it's not something that, you know, it's not something that um, God is not schizophrenic. The day he's happy, he's peace with you. The day he's not happy, he takes it away. No, like we said on Sunday, these offers are irrevocable. So have peace with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can always come before his presence, trusting in the blood. Can always come before his presence because he would never leave us, he would never forsake us. Nothing separates us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Even though we're not perfect, that's what I was saying last Thursday. Even though we're not perfect and none is perfect yet because we're growing. Nobody was born into Christianity matured. We're all born as newborn babes, all of us. And because we are born as newborn babes, there's going to be growth process. And in the process of growth, there's going to be errors here and there. You don't throw away your children because they're doing childish things. No, you, are, you give them time to grow and they keep growing. So the same thing with us. So God is not throwing away the peace simply because we haven't perfected. But we keep growing. You keep growing and he will take us there. That's what we said last Thursday. And I was referencing First John chapter First John chapter 1, where the Bible says, um, if any man sin, let him confess, confess your sin, that God is faithful and just to forgive you. I said, that scripture was not written for you to use for evangelism. If you know who it was written to, you go to chapter 2 and see why I said, I write to you fathers because you have overcome the devil. I write to you children because you know him. I write to you, you see he's, written, he's writing it to the church. Not to, not to do, you don't use it to go for evangelism. I said to somebody, see, scripture says if you sin, confess your sins. That's not, that's not, it wasn't written to the word, it was written to the church exclusively. You go to chapter two, you see that it was written to the church. And even chapter one, you see, they're talking about we have fellowship with the Father. People who don't know Jesus don't have fellowship with the Father. We have our fellowship is with the Father, it's with the Son and with one another. So he's talking to Christians there. Now, it assures us, empowers us that we continue to grow, we continue to grow, we continue to grow, and God will always forgive our sins because it is fully paid for, and we go from glory to glory. You can't be discouraged because you made a mistake today or you did this today. If that is how it goes, then nobody will get there. So we all keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. What you didn't get today, you get tomorrow. What you didn't know today, you know tomorrow. You know tomorrow, and as we keep growing, we're discovering and knowing better the things that we shouldn't do, things we should do, and how to live this Christian life. That's what we dealt with last Thursday. Today, we're talking about the second part of this thing. Secondly, is the pursue peace with all men. Peace with men. We give you victory over evil. Romans 12, verse 18, in New Living Translation, says, do all, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. With everyone. With everyone. Verse 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. Then continues in verse, it says, says the Lord, and in verse um, 20, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. Don't pray that they die. That's not scripture. Feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you heap burning coals of shame on their heads. You're really not doing this so that they have shame. You're doing this so that the conviction will come upon them. So they'll be convicted that, wow, this thing we are doing is wrong. Because now you are showing them by example a better way. 
a better way. The scripture called it a more excellent way. It says we should have this goal of developing love. It's the more excellent way. You are showing them something that they're not used to. You're demonstrating some, the glory of heaven, demonstrating the character of God. It's, it's amazing what it can do. So you find them saying, oh my God, this thing is not, this guy, we're doing this to him, he's doing this to us. You know? So it's just, to, it's, it's just to bring them to see the difference, and that way you are really demonstrating the scripture and then preaching to them by practice, by what you do. And so some of them will come to you and say, you know what, I'm so sorry. I need, I need to have my, I, I, I need to change. There, there, are, there are testimonies of people who have been converted because the person they were treating badly was treating them with love. Wiggle Swart, the man that God used to raise a lot of people, one of, as an example. He, 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 he locked the wife out all night. And in the morning, the woman came in was asking her, what do you want to eat? Let me prepare for you. Let me give. The man broke down. That's what the scripture is saying. In verse 21, it said, don't let evil conquer you now, but conquer evil by doing good. So you cannot duplicate evil because if you do that, that evil has defeated you already. If somebody is doing this to you, if you start doing that same to them, that evil has defeated you already. It has defeated you. It has brought you from a place of glory to a place of shame where you shouldn't be doing stuff like that. So it's defeated you already. So you, you can't allow evil to overcome you. You overcome evil with good. You let good that is in you, the life of Christ in you, show up and superimpose on evil. You don't let evil superimpose on you because you've been redeemed from those things. You know. So we cannot duplicate evil then you are defeated. But we overcome that evil. That's why walking at peace with all men is a, is a way to overcome evil and not give the devil a chance to do what he wants to do. Again, never take any opportunity to engage in strife. Don't. It's the devil's bait. Pass it up. Don't take it. Don't touch it. It's his bait. To lure you into strife. Don't do stuff like that. Don't. Don't. Pass up. Never. Pass up that opportunity. Tell the devil, I don't want it. I don't want it. The Bible says, as much as you have opportunity, do good. So you do what Jesus said. You do what Jesus said. Do good. Do good. Even to those who are maltreating you and treating you badly. They can't even stop your (laughs) progress. They can't stop what God has promised you. Because God will perform his promises to you in the presence of your enemies. He says the table before them. All those things are irrelevant. When God wants to do anything for you, he will do it before their eyes. He will do it before their eyes and they will see it. Because he set the table before us in the presence of our enemies. He knows they are there. But they can't stop us eating. They can't stop God performing his, his promise to you. It's not possible. God doesn't even... Take care of others. They talk about, I mean, listen to others things they're doing. He's watching you. It's you that you're in partnership with him. You are his, you are his oracle here. You are his ambassador here. You, you are the vessel through which he's walking. So it's, it's you that is him. He's watching and saying, give me opportunity. Give me opportunity. Give me opportunity. Do good. Do good. Do good. Do good. Do good. Even me, I'm good to, I mean, I'm good to them. I'm giving them sunshine. I'm giving them rain. I'm giving them children. Do, behave like me. Let's win. Let's win. Let's win. 
And God has furnished us with his love to love with. So, so God's not asking us to do what we can do. Humanly speaking, we cannot do this. It is, it is humanly speaking impossible to love your enemies. That's why Christianity is not, it's not just do's and don't stuff. Christianity is a life lived by the power of Christ within us. It's a, it's a superhuman life. It's the life of God. It's a supernatural life. It's not a, a life that is a, is a, 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 a... You can't legislate it. You just can't legislate it. You can only believe the power of God to live that life that is beyond you. You, you don't legislate Christianity, legislate Christianity and stuff like that. No, no, that's why I say walk of faith. Because only God and you can love your enemy. Only God. So you trust him. Only God. You know? So, so God has furnished us with his spirit. And through that, the love of God is in us. Because we have the nature of God. We have the life of God. And God is love. So he's furnished us with that. In Romans 5, 6, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came to us at just the right time, and died for us sinners. That's how God, God's love manifests. <laughs> we were sinners. God died for us. It's not normal for a human being to do that. Verse 7. Now, most people will, be, will not be willing to die for an upright. So now, most people will not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, which is true, Verse 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Nobody does that. It's beyond man. So you see, the Christian life is not legislated. <laughs> it's not a question of do and do and no. It's a question of faith in God to manifest that life, which is his life, which you can't live. That's why Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Because it's Christ alive in us. Verse 10 of that Romans 5 says, For since our friendship with God has restored, sorry, since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we were still, not that we became, no, we were still. That's when God gave his son to restore our friendship with him. That's why our peace with him was granted us through what Jesus did. Not because he granted us what Jesus did. So he was restored. We are still his enemies. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So that kind of love that God is saying that people want, are making trouble with, he saying, no, love them. If you can't do it, just forget it. You, 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 the only person who can do it is Christ within you. And so the Bible says we can do all things only through Christ. That's Christian life. Only through Christ. Faith in him. Look at the description of his love. 1 Corinthians 13. 5. It is not conceited. That is not arrogant, inflated with pride. Have you tried to say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. Oh, Lord, I've changed. Within two days, you do the same thing, even do worse. Because now you are trusting in yourself now. And the arm of the flesh will always fail. That's why it is a work of faith, brethren. So look at 1 Corinthians 13, 5. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. This kind of love is not your love. It's not human love. It's the love of God. The love that God gave you. Weapon that God gave you. Weapon he gave you. The love he gave you. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude. 
unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly, love God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. That's why we were yet seen as Christ was crucified for us. The just for the unjust. For it is, it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It does not carry resentment. It takes no account of the evil done to it. doesn't. It pays no attention to a sufferer. This is the nature of God. God is love. It's called the fruit of the spirit. The nature of the new man that God created. It's not the works of the flesh. It's fruit coming from a seed that God planted in us, his life. So in Romans 5, 5, such hope in God's promises never disappoints. I'm reading Amplified. Never disappoints us. Because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us, you see? Abundantly poured. Why? We have abundant life. Everything God gave us is in abundance. It's not, it's not a miserly thing that gives you a trickle. Ab- abundance. God's always in abundantly above all we can think or imagine. He gave us abundance of life. Abundance of blessings. Abundance. Abundance. So he poured his love in us, abundance of life. We have abundant life, abundant love. You have more than enough to give everybody. So this is how we deploy this weapon of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. We have to allow it to control us because we still have our will. We have to yield our will to God. You have to. You need to. God gave us the dignity of choice. So we need to yield our will to God. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our old life. This is what a Christian needs to believe. It's not legislative stuff. It is that you die to your old life. You start believing that you die to your old life. Then the new life starts manifesting. If that knowledge it, it starts working. It's not working. We, so we believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life. See what Paul believed? He said, no, my old life is dead. I've received a new life. We, those who receive it will no longer live for themselves. The old selfish life was gone. The new life that is selfless has come. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. That's how God dealt with sin in our lives. Took away this nature of sin, gave us his righteous nature, period. Case closed. Issue of sin solved right there. Totally solved right there. Well, people preach sin because they don't know the gospel. They don't understand the gospel. And it's a tragedy because a lot of people are deceived like that. Ephesians 4.32 but instead be kind, affectionate towards one another. Has God graciously forgiven you 
Then graciously forgive one another in the, in the depths of Christ's love. God graciously forgave us. He gave us that life that graciously also forgives. He gave it to us, his love. So he said, you can, you can also forgive people now because you have the same love that graciously forgave you. It was an act of grace. So you show grace too. Colossians 3, tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith. See what we're saying about faith, John. They say, if you boast, you have no sin, you are deceiving yourself. Say that people in the family of faith have weaknesses. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Forgiving one another. Yeah, because we wrong one another. We are growing. Some are still baby Christians. Some are growing gradually out of babyhood. So we wrong one another. In the same way, you have the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. See, because we have this love. So he said, deploy that love. Forgive people. Now you can. You can now. It's not you can now because you've been giving it. You know? So he says, if you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. I need to read this Colossians 3 13 again. He says, tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven, you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, don't go talking about it. Because you two have fault. Hello? You two have. You two have. We sing it, there is no holy as the Lord. And yet we don't, we think we have become like God. We are growing, brethren. We are. Paul said, I have not attained. Paul himself said, I have not attained. I have not gotten, I have not attained. He said, for forgetting those things that are behind that press forward. That's what growth means. That's what progress means. So if you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. Do that to them. That's how you deploy this weapon. So that you don't begin to fight each other and let devil in to do what he wants to do. Matthew 5, 38. Your ancestors have also been taught, take an eye in exchange for an eye, and a tooth in exchange for a tooth. However, I say to you, don't repay an evil act with another evil act. That's our Lord Jesus saying this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't let evil overcome you, but do good to all men. The Bible says as much as you have opportunity, do good. And then don't be the agent through which trouble comes. Don't be the agent through which you know, this, the, um, quarrels come. It's not good. Matthew 18, 7. Woe to the world for such temptations to sin and influences to do wrong. It is necessary that temptations come. Jesus said it will come. But woe to the person on whose account or by whom the temptations comes. Don't be that person. Don't. Let the devil use you to introduce strife among brethren. And if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble and sin, cut it off, throw it away from you. It is better, more profitable, and wholesome for you to enter life maimed or, or lame than to have two hands or two feet be thrown into everlasting fire. Don't be an agent that through which the devil causes trouble. Don't do that. Luke 17:1. And Jesus said to his disciples, Temptations, snares, traps set to entice to sin are sure to come. But woe to him 
by or through him, they come. Verse 2. It will be more profitable for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were hauled into the sea than that he should cause to sin or to be a snare to one of these little ones, lowly in rank or influence. Pay attention and always be on your guard, looking out for one another. If your brother sins, misses the mark, solemnly tell him so and reprove him. And if he repents, feel sorry for having sinned, forgive him. Verse 4, and even if he sins against you seven times in a day, turns to you seven times and says, I repent, I'm sorry, you must forgive him. Give up resentment. Give it up. Give up resentment and consider the offense as recalled and annulled. Now, look at these Christians who have understood the, the grace, what grace brought us, the abundant life of, of love that God poured in our lives. See the, see the testimony about them. Colossians 1 system. He said, this same good news, that's the, the gospel. Not Ten Commandments, the gospel that came to you is going out all over the world. Now, what is the gospel doing? Remember, it's the power of God unto salvation. Which means the power of God that saves, changes life. Now, it is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. That's what the gospel does. It changes lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Not Ten Commandments. God's wonderful grace, the new life, like Paul said, our old life has gone, a new life has come. The day they understood it, that new life kicked in. It kicked in, just like that. Verse 7, you learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker, his Christ faithful servant, and he's helping us on your behalf. He has told us, listen to this, he has told us, about the love for others the Holy Spirit has given you. The weapon of peace. The Holy Spirit gave them. And is bringing peace through acting in love. See, we've, we had it. That this love in you is being seen. People are noticing it. You know, if we have it in families, it will be wonderful. There will be a domination. You know, there's this submission thing, submission. Look, wrestlers have submission too. They do pinfall. It's called submission. That's not Christian type of submission. We don't do wrestling where you come, a husband is a wrestler. Everybody in the family must come under pinfall. What I say is that we do it. That's not Christian life. That's domination. domination. That's wrestling. No, that's not Christian life. No. We don't submit to Christ by wrestling. We submit to him by love. You say, if you love me, then you can do what I said. It's not, it's not wrestling. We're not wrestling. It's not wrestling. Thing. So if we have this understanding and this love of Christ, this life of Christ in us is reigning, controlling us, there won't be, there won't be wrestling match in homes. There won't be wrestling match between husband and wife fighting for who's dominate the other, manipulate, it won't be there. <laughs> For benefit is it? For benefit is it? And if you come to church, people may disagree, but you don't, you don't have to insist that your way is the highway, except you do it my way, the whole world will scatter. That's not Christian. That, you want to wrestle much. 
That's not the body. Of, that's not the church of Jesus. That's not how Jesus leads us. Now, when we do not submit to this love that brings peace, we, we get involved in strife. And strife will always give victory, will always cause evil to overcome us, and we lose battles. If you allow strife. What is strife? Strife is angry or bitter disagreement over fundamental issues. Conflict. Just <laughs> disagreement and Christians are angry and there's bitterness. <laughs> because somebody disagrees with you. Why, why should there be resentment? Are you, why should there be bitterness about it? Allow them now, their view. If they don't get it, you, they, you get everything. You don't get everything. Allow them their view now. And they say, okay, let's take your way. Don't worry about it. If we take it, if it doesn't work, everybody will not know it doesn't work. We'll come to you. Everything is done in peace. And exalting Jesus in everything. Anger. Let me show us what anger does. How does resentment, what it produces. It produces murmuring. You go behind and start calling people and murmuring against the church, murmuring against the church. You are just exposing yourself to harm. Look at what the scripture says, 1 Corinthians 10, 10. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed by the destroyer. You're inviting demonic attacks. This is scripture. We are one not to murmur. And so when the devil baits you out with all those kind of things, and then you start talking, thinking you are justified by what you are seeing, but he just fooled you, and then you're open, throwing yourself open to his attack, and tomorrow things start happening. You, don't, you can't even connect them. And because you're, you, you haven't grown a little spiritual, you may not even be able to fight it off. And all you do is to start talking about what, hey, this happened, no, this one is happening, no, happening, because that's what they're used to. You don't, you're not spiritually strong. Matthew 7 1. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. See what it does? The critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. This is, this is message. Let me read it in easy to read version. Matthew 7, 1. Don't judge others and God will not judge you. Listen to verse 2. If you judge others, you will be judged the same way you judge them. God will treat you the same way you treat others. James 3, 2.13. And remember that judgment is merciless for the one who judges others without mercy. So by showing mercy, you take dominion over judgment. I don't want judgment. I want mercy. Amplify says, for to him who has shown no mercy, the judgment will be merciless. But mercy full of glad confidence, exhaust victoriously over judgment. See what strife does. James 3, 14. But if, there, if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, you may pretend it, but it's in your heart. Glory not and lie not against the truth. 15. This wisdom descended not from above. It's not from God, but it is earthly. It is sensual, it's demonic. 
Don't take the bait. Don't make yourself God. Humble yourself. Just humble yourself and let somebody be. Accept some. Paul said, why don't you let yourself to be defrauded? Must you fight everything? Because somebody disagrees with you. Now there's anger. There's, come on. <laughs> that will help also. Ephesians 4.27. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. That's what we're saying. You can win this battle if you don't walk in peace with all men. You're not going to win. You're going to have something to forgive. As I said on Sunday, the Lord told me, he said, don't you ever find fault at all. Close your eyes. The devil will try to show you, don't see. Don't see. Close your eyes. He said, because once you find fault, now you have resentment. Now you have to forgive it. <laughs> Even if the person doesn't know, you just have to forgive it. Otherwise, you'll carry resentment there. Look at the disciples of Jesus, what the thing did to them. It robbed them of their faith, and the devil defeated them soundly because of strife. Now we're talking of the weapon of warfare. Matthew 17, 15. Lord, have mercy on my son for his lunatic and, and sorvex. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. 16. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not kill him. 17. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless, not only faithless, but perverse generation. Say, you are perverse. You are evil. How long shall I be with you? How long will I suffer so you? Bring him hither to me. They couldn't handle it. You know, remember, these people had gone out and cast out demons and came to Jesus and said, Lord, the devils who are subject to us in your name. They had given this testimony. They couldn't do it now. Because they had one issue that has been going on among them for a long time. And that issue was, who is the greatest? You might laugh at it, but it's still happening today. It may not be who is the greatest. It might be whatever else. Luke chapter 22, 24. Look at the strife. And there was also a strife among them. See? The disciples. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? <laughs> Matthew 20, 24. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. You know what it means to be indignant? Feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. They were indignant. They had strife. They were indignant because this supposed mother has come to ask Jesus to give his, her children favor above others. It, this, this strife was so strong that they brought it to Jesus to solve for them. It wasn't a small thing. Matthew 18, verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus. Why did they come? Saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? See what? You see how deep that thing was? You see how strong it was? They had to come to the Lord himself to say, who is the greatest? Tell us now. Because they've been quarreling over the same, bringing family members. Jesus said, you're a perverse generation. They think, they think stifle their faith. Mark eleven twenty five. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. Even our prayer will be affected. It's, it's, that's why peace with all men is part of the weapon. You just have to. Just have to. Because God has given you the love to, to furnish you with the love to forgive and to work with 
Now, God values peace with one another above gifts and sacrifices. Matthew 5.23. So then, if you are presenting a gift before the altar, and suddenly you remember a quarrel, <laughs> you remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer, leave your gift there in front of the altar, go at once to apologize to the one who is offended. Then after you have reconciled, come to the altar, present your gift. We, we forget these things. That God says, I value peace above these gifts. Because God values the soul more than whatever gift you brought there. God values that soul more than that thing you brought. God values healing more than that thing. So God wants us to go make peace and bring healing. God values life more than that gift we brought. That's why God said, leave that thing. I died for that person. I didn't die for your gift. I died for that person. I gave my life for that person, not your gift. So between this gift and that person, that is the person I prefer. Go, go, go and make peace. Let there be peace. Matthew 19. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Verse 11, but when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? <laughs> they looked down on them. So why is Jesus missing up with this bunch of people? In verse 12, Jesus was trying to teach them about the love of God. He was trying to teach them about the love of God. That love is the greatest thing. So in verse 12, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. 12, then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. Now he told them what they, didn't, what they have forgotten. I want to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, because it is through mercy that we are not consumed. It is through grace that we are saved. Jesus said, yes, I came to save them, not to run away from them, not to condemn them. It's mercy that God wants, not sacrifices. Mercy brings us salvation. Mercy brings us salvation. Grace <clears throat> brings us salvation. Grace delivers us from sin to righteousness. Jesus said, I prefer mercy because through my interaction with them, through what I came to do, I want them to know they have value. They have value, and I'm going to give my life for them. I prefer mercy, not sacrifice. I didn't come to die for material sacrifices. I came to die for them. God prefers mercy because mercy is what touches a soul. Grace is what ministers life and, and deliverance to a soul. When you forgive somebody, you've ministered grace to the person. The same way God forgave you and ministered grace to you. When you don't gossip about somebody, you have ministered grace to him. And grace brings us divine blessings. You have become a, a, a channel through which divine blessings also flows. When you don't gossip, you know, the, you, know, you know this person is weaker, but you don't look at it. You are ministering grace. 
Because we are vessels of grace and mercy. God says, I prefer that to any gift you give me. Any gift you give me doesn't measure because I put a lot of value on those souls and I gave my life for them. Who will go for me? Who will I send? Who will I send to touch them with my love? There's nothing happening in our life that God, God is grieved when we're doing things that are not right. He grieves him because he knows those things will harm us. He's a good father. One time the Lord told me, he said, he said everybody that is sick has not eaten grief me because I didn't create mankind to be like that. He said, in Christ Jesus, I solved all their problems. All of it. I blessed them, healed them, delivered them, gave them righteousness to live a righteous life and live in fellowship with me. He said, I get grieved. We don't know when they walk in it, grown-ups and they drunk, they won't walk in it. Like the Galatian church started to walk in faith and they went back to works. The Lord said to me, it grieves me. Really grieves me. Because I've given them the well with all, the means to live in glory. So we are agents of mercy. The love of God controls us. The grace of God controls us. God prefers peace, that I pursue peace with you, than that I bring him any other gift, because he puts value on you more than my gift. Then the third part about this peace is peace within. Peace within, to have peace within yourself. So that let the peace of God reign in your heart. We talked about peace with God through the blood of Jesus. We talked about peace with one another through the love that God furnished us with. See, God gave us peace between us and him through the blood of Jesus. Now there's peace. We can, we can pursue peace because we have the love of God that God gave us and forgive because we have this abundance of love to give. Now this one is also a peace that God gave us because God gave us his peace that his spirit is working in our hearts so that we have peace within. We have peace within. So this third part of the weapon of peace is peace in ourselves. To let the peace of God garrison our hearts. In John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. Not as the word giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because this peace is the activity of the Spirit in us, activity of the Spirit of Christ in us. Like he, he gave us love, his Spirit also manifests his peace, his assurance. Like, for instance, he said, the spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. So that gives you assurance that the, the, the promises of God are yours. That are yours. So no matter what is happening, it gives you assurance that being a son, you are a heir of all the promises. So it's called the peace of God, the weapon of God, the peace of God, not men. And it passes all understanding because how can you have peace when you haven't seen the result? You can have peace because internally you know there's something you know that the Spirit of God has witnessed to you from Scripture. That's why I said on Sunday, you need to find Scripture that addresses your issue. You must so that you go meditate on it and take that Scripture, meditate on it and prayerfully confess it over yourself and ask the Lord to speak to you out of it, open your eyes and meditate over it and speak over it. And then the Spirit of God starts ministering things that will bring faith. And once there is faith, there is peace. You haven't seen it, but Abraham had peace when he hadn't seen Isaac. Had peace. 
peace of God. It passes human understanding. No human being can give you this kind of peace. Did you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire? They had peace. They had peace of the Holy Spirit. Remember Daniel with the lion? He had peace. If I slept, remember Peter was going to be killed the following day. He was sleeping. Peace of God. It passes human understanding. It doesn't come from human effort, human knowledge. No, it's the activity of the Spirit of God in the heart of the Christian. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace, that peace, which transcends all understanding. You can't figure it out. That peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. He said that peace of God, the peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. It's yours. It's yours. It reassures the heart. In the midst of trouble, you are in peace. peace. I remember when my mother passed. My mother was shot and killed. And then the people that wanted to break the news, they took me all over Lagos. They were trying to find the family home where they would tell me my mother was shot. And uh, everywhere we went, no, they were not home. Well, we drove from Yaba to Festac. They were not home. We drove, so many places, they were not home. And I found out, I said, why are we going around? What's going on here? So we now came back to their home and then went to their bedroom and they, they started to cry. I said, what's wrong? They said, your mom. I said, oh, wow. I said, she died? I said, yeah. I said, well, the Lord told me yesterday night. <laughs> they were looking at me. I said, yeah. I said, the Lord showed it to me. That she went to somewhere, she didn't come back. They said, yeah, they, she was shot. I said, we have peace and comfort you people don't understand. It's coming from the Holy Spirit. They were looking at me like I dropped from the moon. I said, we have peace of God. We have peace of God. We have comfort of the Holy Spirit. We, we walk with inside information. We walk in fellowship with him. They were looking at me. I said, you should have told me in my house. It didn't make any difference. I said, I miss my mom. But there's, there's the hand that keepeth Israel. Does not sleep, does not slumber. They sat down. <laughs> they looking at me like I came, I came from the moon. Because I was sharing scriptures. So we don't sorrow like hiddens. We sorrow because we have a God. We have the Almighty. He's our God. He said, I will help you. I will help you. I'm your God. So Colossians 3.15 And let the peace that comes from Christ rule your heart. That's what you should let it do. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Always be thankful. Always let it rule in your hearts and always be thankful. The strategy of the, of the enemy is to roil you emotionally. Break down your emotions until there's no more fighting spirit left. You succumb to his tricks. You give up and he'll eat you lunch, breakfast, and dinner. he make you feel hopeless. So you don't sleep. You have butterflies. No peace. Tax 
attacks our mind relentlessly, relentlessly, with all manner of negative pictures, lies, wrong interpretations of things. Even what people say, he'll give you wrong interpretation of it. Just upset you. Take away your inner peace. You won't sleep. He tries to agitate us emotionally. He knows that if we're emotionally unstable, we'll be very unstable. We can't handle anything in that state of mind. He wants to cause great fear and confusion. He tries to bring anxiety. That's how he attacks our mind. Take away our peace with bad news. David said, hey, he said, even, even a troop surrounds me, he said, in this will I trust. Isn't there, isn't there something, isn't there confidence where your confidence is? Anchor of your soul? Isn't, there some, isn't Jesus the anchor? Just do what Abraham did. He refused to look, just refused to listen to the devil. Just refused, just refused. Abraham refused to look at this, the things that would have brought him, brought him anxiety. He refused to look at them. Just do the same thing. Just look, the devil, that's his job. He's evil, so he will always bring you evil report. He doesn't have the ability to do good. He doesn't have that ability at all. He's the evil one. Evil is him. That's his nature. There's no light in him. It's all darkness. So he'll bring dark stuff to your mind. He'll try to. But remember that anything that takes away your peace is not of God. So you deploy the peace of God within by letting it rain. So instead of letting the devil fill your heart with what he's doing, why don't you fill your heart with what God is doing? Colossians 3, 15 to 17. Let your heart be always guided by the peace. See? Let it always be guided by the peace of the anointed one. Who called you to peace as part of one body? And always be thankful Instead of dwelling on those things, why don't you make yourself praise God anyway? Worship God anyway. Always be thankful. Don't let your joy go. Let the word of Christ live in you richly then, flooding you with all wisdom. Go back to scripture. Instead of listening to the devil, you go back to the word. Carry your Bible. Take that verse. That verse. Look, even if you know that verse mentally, please always go back. I don't care if you've known, if you've known it for 20 years. That's an issue that scripture is going, it's what you're standing up. Go back to that scripture again from your Bible. That's what we're told. Let the word of Christ live in you, richly flooding you with all wisdom. Revelation will come. The Spirit of God will talk to you, reassure you again. Apply the scriptures as you teach and destroy one another with the Psalms. Apply what you read now you, 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 with the Psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. May you start worshiping you. May before I started preaching, I was singing one song here that uh, Sister Esther sang for us during the believers' meeting. The thing blessed me. I have I've been singing that song over and over. And 
our God, our, our strength in ages past, our rock, man, you sing it over and over. I've been singing it over and over. The thing has been blessing me. Instead of listening to the junk the devil is giving you and then complaining with your friends, you have a lot of unbelieving believers too. And they will join you in that complaint company, fellowship of complainers. <laughs> with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts now. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus. Not, not complaining. After complaining, say, but I have faith, shy. You don't have anything. You're, what you're talking about is out of your heart. You don't believe nothing. But shaking, you don't believe. You, zero, you don't. People come to me and say, Pastor, after talking all this long time, I say, Pastor, you know, I have faith. You don't have faith simply because you say, I have faith. You don't have nothing. If you have faith, the words of faith will come out of your mouth. Somebody listening to you knows where your heart is because your word reveals your heart. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of Jesus Christ, with the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Then focus on Jesus and his word. Like we said, look at Isaiah 26, 3. That will keep him in perfect peace. Who will he keep? Whose mind is stayed on thee? Because he trusted in you. So, choose never to worry. Because worry is of the flesh. Will profit you nothing. Zero. Don't let evil overcome you. You must have peace in yourself. So you overcome this evil. Philippians 4 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. He told us how to pray, worship, sing. Worship and sing. He told us. Tell God what you need. Don't go calling your friends. There's a brother that had an issue and they called me. And I said to him, I said, okay, I'll call your lawyer to talk to your lawyer. And the Lord said to me, why should you talk to the lawyer? Why not talk to me? I said, yeah, I'll talk to you, Lord. I told the brother, I said, I'm not calling your lawyer. I'm calling heaven. I've changed my call to heaven. I called the Lord. And I said to the Lord, now I'm calling you. What do we do? The Lord gave me instructions what we should do. We did it. The thing worked. It's simple. It worked. Because he controls everything. He's God Almighty. So you pray about everything. He said, then you will experience God's peace. Which ex- Where are we? Okay, so this is 26, sorry. That will keep him perfect. trust in the Lord. Then we go to Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Yeah, that's where we are. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. In Christ, acknowledge it. Say, I haven't seen it. So what? <laughs> so what? He has done it. Just thank him. Then you will experience God's peace, 
which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will now guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. This is how to deploy this peace, this weapon, so that the devil doesn't rile you and cause you anxiety, sleepless night, and make you say things you shouldn't say. Choose peace and love over competition and be patient with all men. Choose peace and love over competition. This is Matthew 5.43. Your ancestors have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the one who hates you. However, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless the one who causes you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. Let me read that again. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you and respond to everyone who persecutes you by praying for them. For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly father. He's kind to all by bringing the sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh whether a person does good or evil. 46. What reward do you deserve if you only love the, the lovables, your friends? Anybody can love his friends now. Don't even the tax collectors do that. How are you any different from others if you limit your kindness only to your friends? Don't even the ungodly do that? Since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, become perfect like him by loving everybody because you have that love. So if you have peace now, you, 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 somebody told me this, you won't sleep. <laughs> you won't sleep because of what they told you. You won't sleep. The, the devil will come and have fellowship with you. Wake you up 1 a.m., remind you what they said, even add his own. You won't sleep. And you think you are justified. No, you, have, you are losing a battle. You are losing a spiritual battle. You are not dressed. You don't have the peace. You have the, your shoes on. You won't sleep. And you have a record of everything somebody did to you. Nobody knows that. You're in trouble. Tell you the gospel truth. You are in trouble. You've lost a major battle. You have allowed evil to overcome you. But the Bible says you overcome evil with good. Have peace in yourself. Refuse to admit these things. Accusations of Satan against people. The fault they have. Forget it. Let the peace of God guide you. Praise God in all things. Worship him. Leave it with God. Just let God be God. He has a way of working things out. And even defending you if need be. If you let him. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege to hear these things. We trust you that by your spirit you will help us, Lord, for no man can live this life on his own. It's only by your strength that you supply, the power you supply, the peace you give, the love you give, that we can love unlovable people. Because sometimes it hurts our flesh, but our spirit, our spirit has Christ in him. And we can do all things through Christ that lives in us. Help us to always rely on him so he can rise up and show his glory and power and exercise the will of God through us. And that will be in our own interest. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.